Welcome to the Cardano Hotel podcast. To support the show, please delegate to Stakepool Hotel and Stakepool Alcool. Welcome to the Cardano Hotel podcast. I'm Joanna. If you enjoy these videos, please hit the like button and subscribe to this channel. Here we have Chris. Um, Chris, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. So I'm Chris. Uh, I'm uh, from just outside of New York. Uh, the software engineer at a uh, Ethereum company, actually. And uh, only, only recently did I start working uh, in Cardano. Uh, it's always been a kind of an interest of mine for a few years now uh, of where Cardano was going. So I'm, I'm happy that uh, Cardano is kind of in a place where you can start to actually work on it. And uh, yeah, I'm excited uh, for the future of Cardano and to keep building on it. Uh, what, uh, tell us more about like the, the, the work you do, like what's your company, like what's the product, what are you guys building on Ethereum? We call Zap Protocol, which is an Ethereum company. Uh, right now it's only on Ethereum, uh, but we have plans obviously of going, uh, to Cardano, which is kind of why they hired me mostly, uh, because I did the, uh, Plutus Pioneer program back in April. So when they hired me in May, I was kind of halfway through it and, uh, they could see at that time that maybe Cardano was something, a good direction that the company should be moving in. Uh, so that's why they kind of hired me. So I did a little bit of Ethereum work, not too much Ethereum work, but I have a little bit of experience uh, and then more Cardano. Uh, so my, my job kind of at this point is to take their NFT marketplace, uh, which is on Ethereum and kind of start to port it over to run on Cardano. Uh, with Plutus. So that's still obviously in the very early stages, as with uh, pretty much every other Cardano application. But uh, that's, that's, yeah, that's kind of what I do uh, at my day job. That's awesome. And, and how was the transition? Like, was it pretty seamless? Were you coding in Solidity before? Or? Um, I have some limited experience in Solidity. Uh, okay. Solidity is, is kind of like a, a language that's similar to other languages I've written. Uh, it's, okay. it's pretty similar to like a C++ with like some more uh, yeah. higher level language mixed in with it. So it was something that kind of came naturally to me, having experience yeah. with other languages. Uh, and for yeah. like, for the developers that are trying to learn Cardano, like how is the experience of learning Haskell and, and getting into uh, Plutus programming. Yeah, so Haskell as a language uh, is kind of difficult. Uh, mm. It's very weird to switch to from uh, my, my previous job, I was a Python programmer. And in school, you learn mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, Java, C++, C. So those are all kind of languages under the same paradigm of imperative programming. Uh, so kind of switching between one or another is just a matter of 
learning different uh, like syntaxes, different ways to say the exact same thing. So it's kind of an easier transition in that way. But Haskell is kind of a whole new way of thinking about problem solving in a, they call it fun, like a functional way. So uh, the way I think about it, the difference is uh, languages like Python, Java, they're, they're imperative. So if you were to kind of teach a computer uh, to bake a cake, you would say, uh, you know, first you mix the ingredients and you make the batter, then you preheat the oven, or maybe you should preheat the oven at first, but uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, you put the, you put the uh, cake in, you bake it for a certain amount of time, and then you take it out. That would be kind of how you would teach it in imperative. But in a functional language, you would teach the computer how to bake a cake by kind of saying what, instead of saying how to bake a cake, you would say what is a cake. So you would, you would say something like, um, a cake is batter that has been cooked in a preheated oven. And then you say a preheated oven is an oven that's whatever, 200 degrees Fahrenheit. And then you say, cake batter is mixed uh, eggs and flour and whatever sugar and you kind of go on these this is what a cake is and that that's kind of the the switch to a more functional way of of solving a problem so that switch is a little bit difficult uh to make but interesting it kind of sounds like you're teaching the computer rather than telling that telling it what to do you know yeah. So, and do you see like any benefits of doing it this way, like when it comes to blockchain and programming in, in blockchain? Yeah, definitely. And what do you so, think those benefits are? Yeah, so Cardano, uh, Haskell itself uh, is a language that's used a lot in like critical systems today. It's not a very popular language, uh, but it's used in, in very critical systems. So systems where uh, the cost of failure is very high so, uh, you know, if, if you're coding up a, a web page in JavaScript and your code fails, you get a broken link or a 404, and then you just kind of move back and everybody goes on with their day. But there are more critical systems, uh, things such as like airplanes, like Boeing will use Haskell uh, for their, their airplane code, because in these kind of software systems, the cost of failure is so much higher because obviously if the plane fails, then, you know, maybe everybody dies inside of it. So you, you, you need these, these languages that have uh, higher assurances of making correct code. So that's kind of what Haskell is. Uh, it's, it's based, it was invented by like a, a bunch of mathematicians uh, to kind of codify math essentially. Mm. So in this way, uh, when you write Haskell code, it becomes a lot easier to mathematically prove that things are correct. Nice. Uh, and you can, you can say things like these, like this bad outcome can never happen because this yeah. is, this is why this is the proof for it. So yeah, uh, yeah Haskell itself and, and functional programming in general uh, is very good at creating high assurance code where uh, you can kind of prove that it's correct and you can prove uh that it's not going to break essentially. So obviously in the blockchain world, this, this seems like kind of a, a natural application for a functional programming language because right. uh, the cost of failure is so high. You know, you have 
billions of dollars, billions of dollars in these protocols. Uh, in the future, we'll have people's identities uh, stored on the blockchain. Businesses will store their databases on the blockchain, money, property, all, all these things uh, can potentially be lost in failure. So uh, you, you yeah. kind of want these high assurance uh, languages. For sure. I think, I think you've shed light on like how important it is to, to build something that's going to be like future-proof in a sense and safe. And I think the negativity that comes around Cardano is that it's not fast enough, but I think like because of how important it is to, to design it properly and use the right systems and the right languages, I think the fact that even though Haskell is really hard to learn and it might take time for adoption, I think in the future, it's definitely the better route to take. And do you think that this is something that Ethereum is lacking or are like, how is that being compensated in Ethereum in a way? Yeah, so I don't, I don't know if I would say Ethereum is lacking it. It's, okay. it's a different way of thinking Ethereum, how they do it uh, because of uh, kind of their accounting model. So uh, right. Cardano uses the EUTXO accounting model uh, which is kind of a mix between Bitcoin and Ethereum. Uh, and Ethereum uses the account-based model, which uh, it kind of invented and is used by a lot of other things. Uh, I mean, there, there are pros and cons to both of these and uh, they're kind of design choices you would make to, just based on how you want the blockchain to be used uh, and applied. I think that uh, Ethereum was created kind of quickly and they wanted to get their product out. So they kind of took what Bitcoin did and said, this is a great idea, uh, blockchains, cryptocurrency, but what if we could kind of run computer programs on top of it, which is an incredible idea. Uh, and, you know, hats off to them for coming up with it, but they kind of created a system where it's somewhat uh, it's a lot easier for the programmer of the Solidity contract to program in uh, kind of bugs to the code or flaws that can be exploited because of this account-based model uh, that was adopted. Right. And do you think that kind of limits what applications we would see in the future that are being built on Ethereum because of those like failure systems that could happen or like failure points that could happen? And then maybe that also says something about what kind of applications we'd see building on Cardano in terms of like real world applications and, and their importance as well. Yeah, so theoretically, uh, Cardano and Ethereum can both run uh, kind of any program that your computer can run. Uh, mm -hmm. This is called like Turing complete is, is what the language is called. So Cardano and uh, Solidity and Plutus Core are both considered Turing complete, which just means any program that your computer can run uh, can also be run on Cardano or Ethereum. So theoretically there won't be sort of uh, applications or systems that can be run on one, but not the other. Uh, they can both do everything, but uh, because of the differences in accounting models, there are certain things that will run better on Cardano and certain things that will run better on Ethereum. Uh, for instance, uh, on Ethereum, it's a little bit easier to uh, program more uh, parallel systems or concurrent 
which just means uh, you can have a whole lot of people using them all at once uh, without it kind of slowing down. Uh, and that's, that's not to say that Cardano can't do that because it absolutely can. But it, right now in this stage of Cardano, it's just a little bit harder to accomplish. But the drawback of that for Ethereum is that because it can handle all these super quick transactions, uh, everybody's kind of shooting things at it all at once. Uh, mm. It does create security problems that uh, obviously can go really bad. There's been a ton of hacks of Ethereum, uh, just people losing hundreds of millions of dollars. And uh, one of the reasons for that is because of the accounting model that Ethereum has. Uh, in order to kind of allow for this high level of uh, concurrency right out, kind of out of the box, uh, it, it kind of works like a bank. So the bank, uh, a bank will have your bank account and your bank account will kind of be stored on their servers. And every time you swipe your credit card or a debit card, uh, it'll say, okay, send money to the store and subtract it from your account. Uh, it's Ethereum works the same way, but uh, the difference is, is that your account is stored all over the world on uh, every Ethereum node. So the bank has a centralized copy of your account versus Ethereum where everybody has a copy. So this introduces problems uh, with kind of disagreements with exactly how much you have in your bank account. Well, no, I, I, that's, that's an unfair way of saying it. Uh, there's, there's not problems with disagreement, but the problems come with uh, all of the nodes. Like them agreeing at the same time? Yeah, so there are problems with uh, many uh, things trying to interact with this one account thing, object, uh, at the same time. Yeah. So there, it creates vulnerabilities uh, in the code. Uh, whereas mm -hmm. in Cardano, uh, the UTXOs are kind of, uh, only one thing can interact with it at once. So it doesn't have these problems. Uh, they're called like data races or uh, that kind of thing where there are multiple programs trying to change the same thing at once. And then you right. don't know the order of who's changing it or what it gets changed to. Uh, right. So. Yeah, so in Cardano, uh, it's safer uh, to have the UTXO yeah. model. And yeah. Ethereum, you know, these problems can be overcome in Ethereum, and uh, for the most part they are, but they require the Ethereum programmer to have a more intimate knowledge of uh, the system and uh, how to use uh, the Ethereum virtual machine uh, in order, or you know, these bad things can happen, like really bad things. So Cardano, the programmer needs, doesn't need to understand the underlying system as much to create mm. good code. So mm. it will be a lot easier to create good code and safe code uh, and kind of code that you can trust with, you know, your very valuable things. I've also noticed that Ethereum is kind of, they're kind of happy where they are. <laughs> they're number one they're the best right mm -hmm. now and i think that they're kind of just happy to be there uh 
like you, you look at uh, Cardano and, you know, Charles Hoskinson is he's in Africa. He's making deals with governments, with big corporations, partnerships, all these things, but you don't really hear about Ethereum. You know, Vitalik's not making any deals with governments. Right. Vitalik's not like they, they kind of have the market right now of smart contracts, but I don't think uh, that they really have a strong hold on it. That is my prediction, but uh, who knows? I think that, uh, you know, in the past in other kind of technological revolutions, you could say, such as the internet, uh, the invention of the internet, uh, early on in the, in the internet, there were companies that uh, kind of were, were owning the world that don't even exist anymore. So right. uh, like AOL was one of the first like huge internet companies it looked like they were going to run the world. They had all the market, all the network, and now right. nobody uses AOL. Uh, right. And then you can think of like social media as like MySpace. MySpace was kind of first on the scene. They were huge. Everyone had a MySpace, but uh, now nobody uses MySpace. So right. uh, I don't think that's the way Ethereum is going to go. I think it's a good project, and I don't think yeah. it's – uh, kind of a zero-sum game, as they say, where, uh, you know, in order for Cardano to win, Ethereum has to lose. I, I don't yeah. think that's the case. I think that there's enough space and they kind of have their own niches because of the different accounting models. Uh, yeah. I think that they can both win, but I do think that just Cardano has so much room for growth uh, as compared to Ethereum. Uh, Right. for mass adoption from like governments and, and things like that right right and that honestly that just might go like that probably just goes to show what kind of applications will be built on both blockchains and how they would be used in their utility in the future right like i don't think there might not be one blockchain rules all there might be so many different blockchains that are just they just attend to different applications and i think yeah. cardano like you're saying just has room for those like big real world applications is there anything else you'd like to talk about uh any oh, yeah, projects I, you're excited about okay no go ahead yeah yeah projects so um uh, briefly I'll, I'll just talk about a project that i'm working on a little self-promotion okay yeah go ahead uh, cool so yeah my uh my roommate and i from college uh are working on a, a protocol ourselves it's called fungify so okay. uh yeah so the idea is we want to kind of take uh cnfts which are just uh, Cardano NFTs, uh, mm -hmm. and we want to kind of extend uh, their functionality a little bit. Uh, so we want to we want people to be able to uh, do things like earn yield on uh, on NFTs. We want people to uh, kind of have fractional ownership of NFTs uh, for uh, and kind of we want people to be able to invest in like projects of NFTs. Uh, instead of just specific NFTs. I love that idea. Like, you know how when you own cryptocurrency, it's it almost doesn't make sense to just hold it because there's so many ways you can add value. Yeah, and I think that, um, I mean, we see it in Ethereum that some of these NFTs are uh, going for like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, even on Cardano, the Space Buds, I, I think uh, a week or two ago, one of them sold for a million dollars. So you have these like extremely valuable assets yeah. uh but right now you kind of just own them 
and yeah. and we want people to be able to kind of earn them but all own them but also be able to earn yield on them uh and do all these other kind of have these kind of perks that uh fund a lot of fungible tokens have like such as holding cardano you get uh kind of staking rewards and that kind of thing yeah, so yeah, yeah, we yeah. want to kind of implement not exactly staking rewards but uh similar uh kind of reward systems for nfts on cardano no i totally agree i think it really sets also like a base i think i imagine the future of this too is you know once we can like represent physical assets on the blockchain as well and being able to own like let's say fractions of a land or of a house or whatever i think it's like a really cool concept that you're starting with this you know that's awesome yeah, yeah no, congrats that's, guys that's, that's... ideas like that we wanted to we kind of started with that kind of uh idea we wanted to make it general enough where it could this protocol of earning yield on a uh, nft can be used for kind of any kind of nft any so NFT. yeah uh, like you said land those would be considered synthetic assets uh okay. or kind of nfts that represent physical goods so uh, in an nft you can store something like a serial number or a qr code or any kind of uh, uh unique identifier of a, a a physical good in the physical world you can store it in an nft and represent ownership of that physical good uh, in an NFT. So then uh, you could theoretically earn yield on something like that also. So mm -hmm. the idea is the protocol uh, will be general enough to work with any kind of asset you can represent in an NFT. That's awesome. Yeah, well, I, I really enjoyed that conversation. It was so such a pleasure to meet you, honestly. You've shed so much light on so many things, but also just from, it's really interesting to, to learn about it from like, developer you know that's been included that's been in the space for so long and yeah i think this is this is really really interesting i learned so much from you um yeah thank you so much for being here it was so nice yeah, talking thanks, to you thanks for having me it was, uh, it was a great conversation uh, yeah sure. i had a lot of fun cool yeah it was awesome meeting you yeah you too okay cool <laughs>